Hey everybody, Dave McEwen here. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Lead Like You Give a Damn, where I interview leaders and leadership experts who have cracked the code on leading with authenticity, purpose, and effectiveness. I've got another great show for you this time around where I interview Stacey Engel. Stacey is the president of Fierce Inc., a global leadership development and training company that changes the way people communicate with each other. Stacey has had a somewhat meteoric rise up the ranks during her time with Fierce. She's been a key driver for growing the business by double digits, landing them a spot on the coveted Inc. 5000 list, and winning consecutive Best Places to Work awards. She's been featured in Forbes, Fortune, CNBC, and Fast Company. And one of the things that I really admire the most about Stacey is that she truly leads from the heart. In this episode, we'll discuss the lessons she's learned throughout her own career, as well as the importance of building a positive company culture through the power of conversation. As always, let me know if you've got any questions, either sending me an email at dave at outfieldleadership.com or connecting with me on Twitter at Dave McKeown, and we will get stuck right in. Well, hey there, Stacey. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Absolute uh, delight and pleasure to have you on the show. I've been um, excited about this episode for for some time, um, Stacy. I, I know a lot of our listeners are, are probably uh, familiar or have touched upon some of the work that your organization Fierce does, but they might not be just as familiar with who you are. So why don't we start there? Just share a little bit about your background and how you've got to where you've got to. Absolutely. Well, my background has always been in marketing and business development, really connecting. As, as a college student, I was really interested in why P&Ls look certain ways, and then some ideas really catapulted and others didn't. So my love of connecting people with things that matter um, started very early. Um, but I've actually been at Fierce for nine years, and I started when we were under seven employees. Right. Really focused, yeah, on marketing and sales and really tasked with building um, from the book and Susan Scott, our founder's work, uh, Fierce Conversations, mm-hmm. um, from the book, building a brand that we can connect with people around the world and really help them talk about what matters. So I initially built the marketing team and department, it takes a village. And then throughout that nine-year period, started leading more of the go-to-market strategy. And recently in November, I was um, promoted president. That's, that's quite the journey, um, Stacey. I'd, I'd love to just unpick that a little bit. I mean, number one, just starting off from the perspective that nine years um, at the essentially the first, you know, to, to use a, a bad phrase, but the first proper job that you had is, <laughs> is, is seemingly a long time. What, what was it about the organization or, or the work that you were doing that, that kept you there for so long? It's a great question. And I was recently talking with some of our uh, chief learning officer clients and the actual chief learning officer publication around this because I, you know, I am 33. I am a millennial. um, And this idea of purpose and being connected to a larger mission, um, our vision at Fierce is to better the world one conversation at a time. Mm. And we're not neutral about that. That's why leading like you give a damn really (laughs) aligns with me. Um, But 
but having a purpose and having people who are supportive and really rallying around mm. that purpose. I mean, it sounds simple and that's not the easiest way to retain or build a career growth. However, I think it, it's a critical ingredient purpose mm. and mentors. Uh, and it is a, a huge, um, a huge point. Um, just that, kind of transcendentalism of of people feeling like they're contributing to something that's greater um, than they are. You obviously started in the company when it was seven employees and, and, and now you're much larger than that. Has there been a consistency of that purpose throughout those nine years? Has it changed? Has it tweaked? What, share a little bit about that. That's a great question. Um, I think one of the reasons why I've stayed is we've stayed very consistent with mm. what our vision is how we implement and how we work with our clients has shifted. However, the core purpose of really understanding that business equals conversations, that business is an extended conversation with your employees, with your customers, and for us to help equip people to know how to talk about what matters and um, how to talk about it is important. So we've stayed very true to that vision and we've recruited people who feel as passionate and have as much fire in their bellies right. um, as we did when we were under seven employees. Gotcha. So, so, so then let's carry that thread through about business being com essentially conversations and, and equipping people to have better conversations, a hugely valuable role that you, you play um, with your clients. What do you see are the main challenges or the main obstacles in, in being able to have those effective conversations today? Yeah, I mean, there is a myriad of obstacles, you know, just in even the past nine years when I started at Fierce, just the amount of technology and the way that we communicate mm. is obviously sometimes an obstacle from the standpoint of it just gives more and more reasons. Um and ability to stray or mm. not necessarily have those conversations. But I would say one of the biggest obstacles is really fear. Right. It's we aren't taught how to, at early ages, how to truly talk about our feelings, about um, what we think. And, and, you know, we've seen examples early on in life of what happens when someone steps on something they shouldn't. So there, it's a valid fear at mm. times. However, our work is really about equipping you with the mindset. So the confidence and understanding what's at stake mm. uh, for the individual and for the results that you're driving for yourself and for the organization. It's about that mindset piece. And then we then layer on the skill set, which is how do I confront or you know, when there's a challenge and something has to shift or how do I coach when someone comes to me with an issue and I can't continue to give advice over and over again right. <laughs> or how do I, so we have these skills that we teach and, and oftentimes people are just really craving that framework mm. and practicism of, okay, <laughs> I can do this. Mm. And it's really approaching, you know, the core obstacle, which is fear Mm. Um, and then sometimes I think, um, apathy, like you don't think it will make a difference. 
So I'd say, what are obstacles in organizations? I'd say fear. The other one, just apathy, not because people don't care, but because they don't think it will make a difference. Right. So it's very important to have leaders who model and to to really equip everyone to have a leadership mentality, which is at the core of what we do as well. Right. Got it. So obstacles are fear, fear and apathy. Um, and actually, I, I want to get into apathy in a, in a minute or two, but it may seem like a really fundamental or foundational question for you. But but what is what's what's the negative outcome for those organizations that don't have a handle on this? What 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 happens to them? Well, I would argue that pointless conversations are the root cause of most business problems. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, are you not getting the the top line that you're striving for? Are you seeing your top talent leave for your competitors? Are you um, not innovating right. at the pace that you need to? Like those are all scenarios where when you back out, if you're not getting the results you want, there are most likely missing or failed conversations that you can pinpoint. Gotcha. And and when you say um, a pointless conversation, how do you see that play out? Is it is it just people that are not really listening to each other, people that are just talking for the sake of talking? What, what, how does that dynamic play out? That's a great distinction, um, Dave. I think this notion that we're navigating our lives one conversation at a time, mm. and we're either getting closer or further away from the results that we're, we're striving for, that notion of one conversation at a time, it's intentionality and understanding that really at the end of the day, you are the one mm. <laughs> responsible for all of those results because you, whether for the things that you can't control, you can still control what conversations and actions you take. So pointless, conversations are conversations that do not have intention. Um, if you're just walking through your life, not truly recognizing that you have a, the most amazing tool <laughs> mm. to get what you want and it's conversation. Mm. So um, just, I like that notion of, of having a conversation with intent. What, what practically can can you suggest that we can do to ensure that that's happening? How do we have a conversation with intent? Well, I think the first, it's, it's like any program, right? Be aware. <laughs> right. <laughs> Understand that when, that you can't necessarily predict what conversation is going to change the trajectory of someone's career or someone's um, life. Right. That really, any conversation can. And because of that, being very mindful and being present. So a couple of tips, one of our principles is to be here prepared to be nowhere else. Right. When, and that's so difficult in this day and age um, yeah. with the distractions. And, and, you know, you were asking me questions about my, my career progression. It's also, as you move and as you take on more, it becomes more and more taxing <laughs> mm. in some ways of just how do you balance it all. And I, and I think the core piece is when people, when you're around people and you're having conversations, you have to be there. You have mm. to be 
you're prepared to be nowhere else. And so that's a practical tip. And then the other one I would share is let silence do the heavy lifting and just allowing insights to occur in your conversations because oftentimes we're so intent on deciding what we're going to say next as opposed to just holding that precious space where someone can really share or really tell you what's going on. Right. And, and that's, that's a tough thing to do, right? Particularly for most, for most um, leaders who have been trained to believe that they're in this position because they have the answers and they know the way forward. Um, do you find that a lot of people struggle with letting the silence do the heavy lifting? Yes. And also that idea that you were alluding to, which is every leader's job is to get it right you know, get it right for the organization, get it right for the team. It's not to be right. Right. Okay. And I got it. getting it right and having the tools to be curious and really sharing that with you, with everyone. Cause it's not like any of us need to be perfect. That's not being human. Right. Um, but sharing that intention. So yes, it is difficult to let silence do the heavy lifting and also to, to be focused more on getting it right gotcha. because our ego and our <laughs> can get in the way. Gotcha. And, and, and I love that distinction. Um, it's about getting it right and not necessarily being right. Um, because you can, you can say very little and still help your team get it right. Um, so, so I, I, I love that. The other thing that I'm, I'm just thinking as you're talking through is you must get a lot of um, folks that just say, you know what, this, this all sounds great. It all sounds wonderful. I've got an actual job to do. I'm actually quite busy. And, and you know, this whole notion of being here now, yeah, absolutely, I get it. But this seems like it's a lot of additional work and you're actually going to slow me down here. Do you get much pushback in, in that regard? We do. And, and it, it is a challenge. We do believe in quality of conversation, not necessarily quantity. And the challenge and often how we will reframe that obstacle, because it's really, that is an indicator of um, behavior change resistance. <laughs> Just, oh no, and like what else will shift? And to really dig in there, it's asking questions around, well, let's talk about times where we, you didn't necessarily take the time to mm. have a conversation and, and what happened. Because oftentimes we're not paying attention to the impact of missing conversations. It's when we arrive at that moment where you, when we realize it, we're at a place we don't want to be. And then all of that rework and all of that time um, starts to become significant. So right. It's a, it's a real obstacle and it's constantly a balance. There isn't a magic formula. Sure. And I would argue that if quality is stronger, it will save you time. 
Gotcha. And yeah, I think just being that mirror and saying, okay, I, I get it that you, you feel that way, but let's look at the outcomes that you've had in not taking the time to, to make this happen. And, and it's that whole thing of, you know, are you just going to repeat the same thing over and over again and, and get the same results? Um, so I think just shining that mirror can be, can be really helpful. Um, I, I, I think also it's interesting that you talk about two different kind of shifts that, that you walk people through. There's the mindset shift uh, and then the skill set part of it. It. Um, my sense is that the mindset one is a little harder to for folks to actually make happen. Would, would I be right in that in saying that? It is. I would say I would say probably equal though, because practicing, um, practicing and seeing results and not you know getting hung up if something doesn't go well. So, for instance, we believe that a failed conversation is better than a missing conversation over and over and over again, okay. because right. you can always go back and say, I did not handle that well, or right. let's try again. And the missing conversations are the ones where you can't really even quantify cost. Right. Um, so yes, I just think they're so paired together, the mindset and the skill set. to your point. I think with mindset, one of the, greatest pushbacks we'll get when we're working inside of organizations is that, well, I really believe this and I want to be this way, but my organization isn't like this. Right. Or my organization doesn't appreciate this kind of mentality or this kind of behavior. And often the response is that <laughs> you are the culture as well. Like it's a very individual accountability of anytime we're in a company, yeah. every single person is a hologram of the culture. Right. So it really is, if it's to be, it's up to me <laughs> type work. And I can understand because we've seen people leave organizations who just say one thing and do another thing. Gotcha. And so, I mean, I'm not discrediting and we never discredit that reality. It's just, it's your life. It's your success. It's your results. Mm. And we just are super passionate about helping people get over that fear or resistance to try. Yeah. Because yeah. when you try, then you can get input mm. and, and really understand. It's much worse to just have that script in your head. Yeah. And I'm sure th that's where the apathy comes from. Like, I'm just one person. What difference am I going to make? And I think what you're saying is, well, you can make the choice to be here and to contribute into what you know and see as a negative culture, or you can make the choice to go somewhere else, or you can make the choice to be here and try and, and try to contribute positively to, to at least change things for your team or the people that you work with directly. You might not be able to change the entire culture, but you can make a difference on, on other people's lives that you work directly with. Is that, is that what you're saying? Exactly. It's the whole idea of only one piece. Um, in the kaleidoscope needs to shift and the whole picture changes. Mm. Uh, that idea, we it's one of my favorite parts about our work because we've seen time and time again, one or two individuals completely shift cultures mm. in mid-sized companies, in Fortune 100 companies. And it's so powerful because we all crave more connection and being seen. 
mm. and being able to talk about real, <laughs> like talk, talk about real things. So when people can be that place, when leaders can, you know, lead like you give a damn and take that step, mm. it's just so amazing and to see. Do you see, you know, you and I obviously um, are in similar fields and, and, and share similar perspectives on, on how we believe organizations should shift and change and, and moving towards more um, authenticity, more um, just transparency of who you are. are. Are you seeing that shift happening? Are, are you making a difference? Are we making a difference? I believe we are. I, I'm seeing time and time again organizations who have made decisions to be less transparent mm. or to hide, they're not being as financially successful. And, mm. and I think that is a trend that will continue. Leaders, there's just, you can't hide as much as you used to be able to. And, and going back to what we were talking about with fear, I think everyone who steps into leadership positions for the most part <laughs> mm. wants to be themselves. And then reality <laughs> collides <Right. laughs> with the plan. And, and it's like, how do you navigate that? So I think for the work that we're doing, it's so important that idea of the whole person and mm. the idea that we, the whole, you know, we don't check emotions at the door. Right. That's, okay, this isn't the 1950s anymore and mm. we need to embrace that. And that doesn't mean we're going to always be kumbaya or, right. um, you know, it's not that extreme. However, we have to be more real and millennials are demanding it. Gen Z will demand it. And I think overarchingly, every generation is demanding it more because we just deserve it. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's hugely important. We've, I think we have still got this overhang of saying, look, emotion shouldn't be part of your decision-making process. There are two things that you should use. There's, there's the data, the underlying data, and then there's kind of your gut feel or your narrative or kind of um, a, a bit of anecdote for, for, for lack of a better word, but don't allow emotions to get in the, involved in that. And that just doesn't make sense because emotions are involved in everything and the people that are going to go and implement the decisions that you're making have emotions. And so we have to, we, we don't want to rely solely on them, but in, in the same way that we don't want to rely solely on just facts, figures, and data, and we don't want to rely solely on, on anecdote, but we have to make it part of that process, I think. Absolutely. One of my favorite Einstein quotes is, uh, we must take care not to make the intellect our God. Mm. It has, of course, powerful muscles, but no personality. Hmm. It cannot lead. It can only serve. I love that. The very profound quote. Love that a lot. Um, so for anybody that's on the call that that is listening and saying, hey, I'd love to get more in depth in what we're talking about here, what would be a good place for them to, to go check out? So our website is fierceinc.com. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely browsing on that <laughs> and availability to chat with us. We have live people. Um, we are a conversations company. So mm -hmm. you can hop on and have a conversation with one of us. Um, we're also, I'm not sure if I had share this with you, Dave, we're personally, I'm launching a listening tour 
um, this year, just in my new role, which is a series of virtual and in-person events. Mm -hmm. And it's focused really on listening to our clients, getting into in the market about trends and what the future of the work that we're doing (laughs) will be. And um, if anyone would be interested in just following that, uh, you can email coordinator at fearsync.com and just subject line listening tour. Excellent. And I love that that's what you're leading with as one of your objectives this year, um, given that in our industry, so few people, um, no, not so few people, a lot of a lot of organizations struggle to practice what they preach. So I love that you're starting from the position of we are a conversations company, so let's ensure that we have conversations. Yes. Um, I just want to use that as a final transition point and, and to use up um, just our, our final few minutes on the, the call. I would love to hear from you about how the organization has changed over the last nine years and then specifically how your own personal leadership style has had to change or grow or develop or adapt um, as part of that, that change through your growth. Absolutely. Well, to start with just how our organization has shifted in the last nine years, we're, we're more global than ever. Um, we're expanding globally. And what I love about that is this idea of how are we creating connection in this world? Hmm. And we are translated into 12 different languages and growing every single month with global partners and rollouts. So this idea of creating a common language, Hmm. even when people are speaking different languages, it's just so exciting to to me. Um, So, that's something that shifted, you know, the world has, is becoming more and more connected and dispersed workforces. So Mm. definitely in the last nine years continue to challenge how we deliver, how we connect people and how we teach these skills most effectively. Mm. Uh, So in that we are very keen on that human conversation. And I'm excited though, because we are really exploring how to better use technology to practice the skills. Um, So from the nine years, so much of what we started doing, this idea of core conversations that every single person needs to be able to master, Mm. that has stayed the same. Just our delivery and our, our scope has really grown and grown. Gotcha. Not sure if there's something more specific. I'm very interested and excited about how we intertwine technology with instructor-led training and how we continue to insert the human element in technology because we have held a pretty strong stripe, um, as we say at Fierce, <laughs> on, on making sure people can practice. Right. Conversation. So the technology that's out with bots and AI and machine learning, it's very exciting to think about how people can really use technology so much differently than nine years ago. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and I think it's one thing that we just have to stay abreast of is it changes so quickly and we have a tendency to, to get locked into one technology and then, you know, a couple of years go by and we realize, well, that's outdated and, and it's not about it. it, it it's not about the technology in that there's no be all end all solution. It's, it's about the, the model that you teach and the results that you get. So 
you know, technologies will come and go. And so long as you stay abreast of that, I think it's, it's a winning formula. So I think it's a, a great focus for you. For sure. And I just, even as a millennial, truly believe that instructor classroom dialogue will not leave. Right. It's just that whole idea. It's, it's like the campfire and <laughs> Socratic method. It's mm. this idea of dialogue and I don't even really like learning personally through a lot of asynchronous kind of learning tools. Right. It's really hard for me. And so I think it's a good challenge for our industry and for leaders who are listening, who are tasked with just how do we learn as we work in right. our daily lives? Yeah, I think that's hugely important. Um, so if you could sum it up, what are the key leadership lessons that you have learned throughout your career to date? Yes. Well, one I would say is curiosity always wins. When I look back or pay attention to results or conversations that I wasn't as proud of in my career, uh, I think the common denominator is that the situation could have benefited from more curiosity. Right. So I think that reminder that there are so many versions of reality. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, my biggest task is to yes, obey my instincts, obey and listen, but most importantly, to get more curious. Hmm. So that's huge for me. I, I would say also, um, we alluded to it earlier, but this idea of smart plus heart. So just challenging and nurturing people, the common denominator is really, you have to share your right. thoughts and feelings and, you set the bar. So this idea of it's great when you have amazing plans and strategies. And at the end of the day, we're all humans <laughs> that and complex and we need to be seen. And mm. it's always a reminder for me to put the person first right. and know that when we take care of the person, when we have great plans and they're super smart and brilliant, that the rest will take care of itself. So those two are really big for me. And, and if I had to just kind of sum up because it's a core fierce concept mm. that I've really, I do think it's a big part of why I've progressed in my career because stepping in to describing reality without laying blame Mm. Um, when I think about my mentors, when I think about leaders and peers who I really respect, they're the ones who, you know, hold that space. They can be crucibles. Things can change and transform in their presence. <laughs> and, and it's about creating that warmth and safety. So mm. for me, describing reality without laying blame is, when something's not going as any, <laughs> as one person or, or even myself, like how I would like it to go, right. um, just stepping back and not pointing fingers. And if you can truly describe reality and gather people around to solve challenges, mm -hmm. then that's 
white people will come to you time and time again. And so I think that's a hard one. <laughs> it's a very, very hard one. I think those are three great lessons. And I, I feel like we could spend 30 minutes on each one of those uh, delving, yes. delving deeper into that. Um, but I just wanted to say, Stacey, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, that was a lot of um, really great information for the folks out there. Uh, anybody that wants to find out more, go to fierceinc.com uh, or to be part of that listening tour, email coordinator at fierceinc.com. Uh, I have no doubt that, that will, that'll be a great experience for anybody that takes part. Um, thank you again for your time, Stacy. Really appreciate it. Uh, and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much.